Blog Talk Radio. Hello, welcome to Snake Oil Radio here on Blog Talk Radio. It's a beautiful low 70s afternoon here in Phoenix. Uh, I'm here with my metaphysical creating prosperity group outside sipping coffee and having delicious cake and a beautiful afternoon. Another realm of prosperity right there, boys and girls. Anyway, if it's your first time tuning into the show, uh, we've done a couple of episodes before. Um, about once or twice a month, I meet with a group of, of people, uh, and our, our goal is to manifest more wealth and prosperity in multiple areas, and we've already achieved some notable goals, uh, notable goals, notable uh, markers along the way with more to go. So we want to share some of our conversation with you, but before we do that, um, I would kind of like to introduce the cast of characters, um, everyone that is in our group. It's only a group of uh, five. Uh, four are here so far today. The fifth may arrive. And uh, so we're gonna, I'm going to pass the phone, and everyone's going to introduce themselves and just take about five minutes to tell you kind of who they are and why they're here. And we're going to start off with our, our good buddy, Mike, here. Hi there. I want to welcome all of you here, too, along with Jim, and, and um, there's, there's four of us here. We've been together for, I would say, maybe getting close to five years. And I have been a Seth aficionado or a Seth material enthusiast since about 2003 or 2004. And one of the things that attracted me to it, maybe one of the really big thing, is that the Seth material makes sense about why we're here. And I've been a seeker all my life. And that provided me with some really interesting answers that just like went right into my heart. And I am um, by trade uh, an executive coach, have been for about three decades. And I have actually found the Seth material in tremendously invaluable in working with people, helping people with, uh, with prosperity of their inner mind. And so I love getting together with my compatriots here. We do it every two weeks, and we hope you enjoy the show and and get something really special out of it, maybe something that might even change your life. Thank you. That was beautiful. Hello. My name is Ashton. Um, right now, I am a studying astrology, and yeah, the stuff material so far has been a beautiful way to open the doors into recognizing your own power and taking that power and using it to create the life that you actually want to live and dismantle these ideas that outside forces um, control our lives. You know, we put the meaning onto our lives and coming from that place is, is a beautiful way to, to expand your awareness and to connect with your source. However, you imagine that source to be and give you a connection to your own power and a sense that there's this beautiful, caring, loving universe who is absolutely supporting you and understand that life is happening for you all the time. And so when you have a good relationship with life, um, automatically prosperity enters the picture. So um, if you're tuning in, if you have any questions or you want to join the conversation, um, feel free to leave some comments and we could start talking about subjects, um, power, um, passion, um, faith, connection, anything that you want to expand upon. We're open to listening and we're opening to 
um, hear what you have to say too. So um, also uh, astrology too is what we talk about from time to time. So hope you're having fun and enjoying our conversation and we look forward to hearing from you as well. Thanks, Ash. So hi, my name is Dawn. I uh, do life coaching and workshops that involve helping people figure out how the whole system works together with their heart, their mind, and their will joined together. But uh, Seth has come in and out of my life for as far back as I can remember. And a couple of years ago, I had some pretty strong changes in my life and just intuitively decided to pick up the books and start reading it. And I had I've been doing this type of the work for as far back as, you know, second and third grade. I remember having these thoughts that just nobody else seemed to be thinking this kind of stuff. So I've I've tried a lot of different things. And I think essentially, of course, prosperity is something I'm focused on now, but it's been quite a road to get there. I think I generally was just looking for some sense of peace or feeling okay inside within myself and not not feeling like I was battling the world and of course I was um, <laughs> so this Seth material for for it's so comprehensive and it's such a beautifully intelligently orchestrated system that he's putting in a way that we can grasp because it almost seems to be too perfect but what started to happen is I started to feel the peace and the self-appreciation and just my shoulders gone down and been able to just really engage with life, which has made made it worth being here. And for that, I, I just think anybody could benefit from having conversations, and that's essentially how I got here. I started reading a lot of the different books, and I just wanted to talk about it with people because it helped me understand it, and it was such a mutual exchange of benefits when we did. So that's why I'm at this Seth group and hanging out in the backyard. I'm going to hand you over to Jim. All right. Hey, Jim here, um, host of the show. Um all right, so uh, you know my history with all of this. Um, I've been studying metaphysics for a long, long time uh, in varying different levels, and I was introduced to the Seth material as far back as 18 or 19 years old, so like 10 years ago. <laughs> Do you believe that? Sell <laughs> you a bridge. Uh, anyway, but uh, anyway, I was introduced to that a long time ago, and even in the 90s. Um, that concept of, of looking for wealth and prosperity, of course, appealed to me at, at multiple levels, as I'm, as I'm sure it does for, for many people. You know, only, you know, one part of, of you know, of my awareness, but certainly an area of value um, to look at uh, in terms of, of just having more wealth and is, gives you potentially more opportunity uh, in a lot of different ways. So, I mean, I, I, I this takes back even to the 90s, I was following um, metaphysical authors like Dick Sussman, and I went to a millionaire mindset seminar in San Diego back in the day. And, um, I, you know, I've worked with, you know, self-help tapes to um, affirmation tapes, things of that nature. But one of the things that I always love to kind of get back to that I love specifically about Seth is you can find different 
methods for affirmations and ways to focus on creating prosperity. But if you don't get to the root of the beliefs, the limiting beliefs that you have, you're going to kind of in many ways get nowhere because then you're, you know, sometimes we have, you know, what we, I would self-refers to as invisible beliefs, things that we never even really recognize. If we don't think wealthy people are good people and we think they're bad people, we're not going to allow ourselves to become wealthy because we won't allow ourselves to fit within that structure or category. And listen, that's a personal belief. There are people with money that are good people and people with money that suck. You know what I mean? It's just the right, there's just a, you know, there's variance to that in life. So one of the things that we focus a lot on in our conversations, not only is not only the positive element of the affirmations, but also uncovering how many of these limiting beliefs that we've carried and we've never ultimately questioned about reality. And I have, you know, already have made some notable gains um, in this area in a, in a very real tangible way. And I'm very excited about where we can uh, go with this even further. And I'm very optimistic about the road ahead. And we absolutely, as a group, you know, we're doing this together, but we're very happy to invite any listeners in to the group from a, from a spiritual, energetic, and, and information sense to join us uh, in that context. Uh, we can't fit everyone here in the living room, but we can have your energy here and, and you participate with us because you have a right to wealth and prosperity. And, and, and if you're limited in that way, you can change it. So that said, um, I'm going to kind of let the, the group can, uh, continue the conversation that we started. We were discussing um, some marketing ideas and things that have been coming to us in different degrees as different puzzle pieces come together. So we might continue on that note. Um, it's just a 45-minute session, so we probably have all the 20 minutes well, left to tune in. Something I want to say based okay. on what you said. How about it? The, the idea that you were talking about whether somebody sucks, if they're wealthy, or they could just be the nicest person on the face of the earth, I think that that's the actual construct of the belief system is that money is a factor. So if you, by nature, are just a dick, yeah, it, 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 the money is not a factor in who the person is. And I think that if idea. they don't have it, they're still a dick. Right, but. exactly. Right. Right, but, but I mean, see, even making those comparisons kind of keeps the concept that money's a factor to do with it, when money has nothing to do with whether you're a good or a bad person. I mean, just, right, we're not even, we can't even start making comparisons or examples without still kind of leaving that idea out there that it has a relevance on who you are. Well, how did, that, how did it get tied to money then? How did it get tied to, is it, you think it just became like, because I researched, I read a book um, by Deborah L. Price called Money Magic, and she goes into the history of money and how it evolved over time. Um, that where the, the root of it became like money is the root of all evil. Like, well, there you go. That was religion. That's what I'm wondering is like, dude, where did it become like this? Like, people who don't have it are like, eh, they're assholes because they have it. And like, that dynamic, that relational dynamic. Like, if we get money out of it and put it into another metaphor, right. like, how does it relate? How does it, exactly. what does it look like? Because it doesn't, if somebody wants something and they haven't gotten aligned with it yet, and somebody else has it, it makes them more aware of how they're not aligned and they're unhappy. So then they just directed it at you. 
the person who has it. Right. Which in sense will, you will be that person one day and you want to have those beliefs about yourself. Which is what blocks people from exactly. sometimes accepting it. Yeah. Right. So when you look at people who have things, instead of the, the jealousies that come up or the, oh, they're, these, these judgments, be like, that's what I want. How do I get there? How do I make that happen for me? Right. And like completely believe in yourself and use that person as a catalyst to get there, not as like, you know, run the old stories or the old tapes in your head. But again, if you, if you keep backing that up again, it's still to get to the core of it is you want something, you don't have it, and that's causing you pain. For whatever reason you think you want it or need it is what needs to be addressed. And it's just you want something, you don't have it, and that just simply makes you feel bad. That's just a very simple concept, and it take, you take any subject out of it. You want it, you don't have it, you don't feel good because you're wanting it, which makes you more aware that you don't have it. Right? That's what Abraham Hicks is always, always saying. Yeah, but now change that. Change the narrative. Change that. I don't want it. I don't have it, and I want it. How do I get it? And that cuts out the, like, the poor me victim uh, time in between. And believe in yourself that you can get it. Well, I think that's one of the hardest questions that you ask anybody over the age of 10 is what do you want? And everybody's suddenly clueless. So when you get upset at somebody having something, it should be like, thank you. You made me just realize what it is I want because I didn't know, but now I know I want what you have. So it's almost like switching it, like you said, to be thankful to the person, which also creates this concept that you just got something you wanted. Unawareness of what you want. (laughs) Yeah, I agree, because it's tapping directly into pure willfulness in the sense of, I mean, I, I can attest that everything I'm very consciously aware of that I've manifested and I've created in my life, the stuff I'm conscious of is certainly tons of things that I, you know, I didn't have to think about growing or, you know what I mean, or, or all the things that were naturally part of our, our, our being. But it all attached to a willfulness, a clear decision that this is what I want to do no matter what. And once, absolutely, once that was in play, you know, what always made me laugh whenever I decided this is what I'm going to create. People would always say to me, well, how are you going to do that? And I'd be like, I don't care. That's meaningless. That's irrelevant. This is what I'm going to do in that sense because I have experiences with that just pure willfulness of tapping into it. To me, once you do that, then your higher self, your spirit guides, whatever your terminology for that, then start showing you potentially where the limitations are that you have to get rid of, what you've got to break down, the, the, again, limiting beliefs and things that you bought into at one level or another that have no validity in, in that creation process. You know, there's a certain level of truth to the idea that, you know, wealth is not measured by necessarily what you have, by what one gives away to some extent. And I, well, you know, the church got you going. absolutely, you know, well, absolutely can be taken in yeah. a positive way, can be taken in a negative way. Um, you know, I was able to give a job that would have made me money to a friend recently in that sense. And that felt very good to me um, at, at, for, for multiple reasons because, um, you know, it, it puts faith in my friend and, and her abilities and, and what she's able to do and helps her move in that direction as well. But also the cocky arrogance of being able to give it away 
and not be like, oh, my God, I lost out on 200 bucks or 300 bucks to not care. It's an abundant attitude. Absolutely. I so, am so full that I'm able to. That I'm able to share it from that perspective. You even can look at that. The more, the more I build wealth and prosperity for myself in a, in a conscious way, the more I think less about whether I can afford something and more about that I want to spend money because I want to give that to this business. I want to honor that business. I want to share that. It becomes about giving. That gives me, right, that also gives me a sense of personal power in a way that I can affect the landscape. I go to a good restaurant, and I love it. I want that restaurant to be successful. I frequent it. I spend money there. Um, and that, so that generosity to me, in a way, also is a great spirit to take with it. I think maybe that's what they're talking about, by the measuring the wealth by what you can give away. Yeah. Like, like maybe that's at the core of it, like, before the sacrifice and the martyr came into, like, the, what's it called, the interpretation of it? Mm-hmm. That's you take away the suffering part of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Right, so wait a minute. Or the so saintliness of it. If we're yeah. just listening to what you just said, and you've got me all excited about the idea, and you're saying it's not just willfulness. I don't have to just sit there with, you know, clenched fists, you know, <laughs> meditating the shit out of time, and just, you're telling me that that alone can do it, but when... And then you're saying that, oh, and then all these limitations come in. Can you just make that a little bit clearer? I know what you're saying, but I'd be like, I'm all about it. Tell me exactly. How do I do nothing and make shit happen? Right. So So, I got something in there based on, you know, some ideas that came to me while you were talking, Jim, is that once you make the decision, that is probably the biggest key right there, making a decision, even when you don't have a good idea of how you're going to fulfill it. But we're here in this lifetime to make those decisions in order to create. And nothing happens until you make a decision. And one of the things that often keeps us from making a decision is this idea that I don't have a plan. I don't know how I'm going to work this out, so I can't make a decision yet. I don't have the resources right now. Yeah, and that's exactly the time to make a decision, when you don't have a plan, when you don't have a clue. And then once you make that decision, uh, Jim was already starting to point out, there is provenance, there is serendipity, there are all kinds of things that that decision initiates in the universe to help us do two things. Don, you asked the question, okay, we want to be prosperous, how do we do it? Decision first, and then things start coming to us about what do we need to clear out? What limiting beliefs do we need to neutralize? In other words, what is in contradiction to yeah. what my decision? Yeah, that's half the, the formula. The other half is on the positive side, listening and paying attention to omens, signs, serendipitous events, uh, unasked for help from other people. These are the kind of things that the universe also sets in motion for us in a positive way to move towards whatever we've made that decision about. So there's, there's those two lines going simultaneously, clearing out what's in the, uh, in the way and finding out resources that lead us right along the path to what we want. So this is where I feel like, like developing, for me at least, like when you say these things like about the serendipitous events and unbidden help, like for me getting into a clear relationship with my source and like, I realizing like I put the meaning on those events. That's my inner being communicating to me. Like that once I ha- like when I have an established relationship with my connection, and I know that it's my best 
like is serving me in my life, then it's like this, I can trust those signs. I can trust that everything good is going to come from listening to those signs. And I can like have the courage to take action on those essentially events that I am really communicating with myself. So trusting yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Trusting myself, trusting the signs and trusting the meaning that I'm putting on them. And I think, like you said, like once that decision is done, then the clarity that comes with those signs is just like, it's there. But you just hit on that turning point for me was that, well, first you said that we're creating. And it's a very different world that I live in when I am not surviving or keeping myself alive when I'm in a creative mode. So I'm kind of, it's, it's almost like a, a fantasy land of just being in tune with what I want and watching things change around me. But I have got to believe that I'm creating and that I am safe in doing it because as long as I don't feel that kind of confidence or safety in something bigger than myself and in myself, everything we're saying kind of sounds then you're very stressed. I'm stressed. Right. I'm stressed and I'm fearful and everything I want I don't believe that I can have. It just doesn't seem possible because it's not reality. Which which Dr. Joe Dispenza talks a lot about that, like getting yourself into the creative mindset. Yeah. It's like when you're in Well what you just said, Don, about when you're really stressed and you've got like helplessness, hopelessness, powerlessness yeah. going on. That's power. exactly the time to make a decision which is really counterintuitive, and I, I, I can't emphasize it enough, like to, get to actually decide. That's when people turn their lives around. When you it's hear like stories about people who right. have been in the depths of despair, what turned it around is they made a vow. I'm done. This is it. Yeah. yeah. No Each of this. us maybe has a story that, if, if not our own experience, we've heard dozens of people. That's how they turn it around. Yeah. You know, there's a I would think there's a great quote in the runes on that on the, on the book of runes by Ralph Blum, where he says, "Often at the moment of greatest darkness, to become aware of the true creative powers of the self." Yeah. And so, I have, you know, there's a value in crisis, in the sense that you can use it as a transformative dynamic. Um, you know, if you're having trouble paying your bills and you're not making ends meet and you're scared. You can stay on that road, or you can say, you know what, no more. Yeah. I'm turning this around at, at one level, another period. That is what I'm adamant about doing. And then, to me, once we, we talk about that idea of the limiting belief surfacing and, and the things that we start recognizing from our own history that we believe that have blocked us in a way, once we, once we start owning those things and looking at potentially dissolving them, I think the next thing is then the, the riskiness of changing our behavior. You've got to get impulses to move in a different direction, to take different risks. And some of those may seem completely illogical at, at one level or another. You may decide you want to be more prosperous, and you, may, you have a mediocre job, and you have an impulse one day when you're out and about to talk to someone and sell yourself a little, and you have no idea where this is coming from, where all of a sudden you suddenly are brave and you start talking to this person that you would normally never speak to and be like, listen, I'm really good at this. And then they offer you a job or connect you with someone who has this opportunity that comes your way. So whatever we're talking about, about these serendipitous, I'm going to say that word correctly, <laughs> events that come into play, there is a, a real truth behind that. I, I know it. When I came in today to the group, I was, we haven't met in a month. I was very eager to talk about 
all these ideas that have been springing up in my head about potential marketing ideas and things that could make not only me money, but every individual of the group money. And, you know, that's one of my things. I like to, I want to be successful, but I do sort of like to share the wealth in a way. And, and part of that comes from a generosity. Part of that stems from ego that I like when people like that, I do that in that sense. It's, you know, I mean, yeah. I, I like yeah, that. That's just a form of alignment. Like, it feels good for you to be that yeah. person, and that's who you truly are. That's an alignment with your true nature. Right. Giving is generous, which is kind, which is, like, wanting the best for everybody. Yeah, because you, 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 can, you can manipulate other people, too, in a positive sense mm-hmm. in, in, in terms of affecting them. You know, especially, and, and I always say, you can manipulate the people that are willing to be manipulated. You mean like you, 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 uh, like what do you mean by that? Like everybody here genuinely wants wealth and prosperity in their life. Everyone's got different levels of limitation and, and questions that they're still working through, as am I. But everyone here is eager for that. And and and, and an extreme example of this is if I if I went to a group of homeless people and try to make them start thinking about wealth and prosperity, I might be able to break through to one or two of maybe 10 or 12 people, but many of them might potentially cling to the consciousness of suffering and dignity. That's part of their identity, and they may not be able to hear me. So something I had to learn in my life is I can affect the people that are open to that idea, and then I also have to understand the boundaries of not trying to push people that are not ready for something that I'm attempting to thrust on them. That's a, a negative form of control, even if it still stems from a good place. Yeah. You know, a, 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 so I think that that's what I'm, I'm kind of saying. Um, everyone here is, is open to the idea of working on that in different ways. And I think the reason there has been progress in the group. I guess I just don't understand what you're saying when it's like manip- manipulating. Because I don't, okay, and that's a great question about manipulation. When I was, and this this is a personal thing for me, when I was younger, I would often get accused of manipulating people um, from from my childhood. You know, it started with my own mother. I could get my mom to show love and affection towards me, and she wouldn't show it to any of my siblings. And I was always very good at making people. Yeah, I can play that in a way. And so Mm -hmm. when I was younger and I was told that I'm manipulative and you maneuver, you try to maneuver everyone, I initially read that as a negative in a way. Well, they're really saying you got what I wanted, yes. and I don't know how to do it like you did. It. Yes, and th- then finally it took a while for that to dawn on me. So from an astrological perspective, you know, if you have strong influences of Scorpio or eighth house energy in your natal chart, listen, you do understand what I'm talking about. You know, people can misread that energy as negative. You can affect people you know, so in a negative sense. So just an ability to play emotion. So I think, you know, manipulation generally is like you can read a person emotionally, you understand them psychologically, and you exploit that knowledge to get what you want Good. from them or from the situation. Okay. Okay. Now, so what we might be talking about here, if we could use maybe a different word, we could call it uh, about orchestration. Uh, where it might be within our power to orchestrate events, uh, coming from a place of we have an absolutely pure intention for that person. Right. Orchestration is a good word. Now, who wouldn't welcome that? Right. 
And I would I would welcome that from anybody here to orchestrate something for me. So I don't know. I, I don't know that I would you, agree with that. Would though. you say manipulation is very similar to, to if you're a plumber and you know how to fix pipes? You walk into someone's house and you can see that a pipe is broken. First, there's water, and you're like, huh. I can see, because I have this knowledge, I can see that this pipe is not working correctly and it's causing leaks. And the person's talking about, oh, my gosh, like, I don't know what's going on. My water bill is so high, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, okay, well, actually, like, I'm a plumber. I can fix this. Maybe not in such, like, straight-out terms. I think manipulation kind of has, is that has like, a more negative connotation right. because you're kind of, when you're manipulating it seems the perception is that you're imposing on somebody else's will. Because right, like, 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 like you're a plumber, you would potentially gain a client and gain money. But then like, manipulation in, infers that there's something on the back door happening. Like it's not out in the open. When you manipulate a situation, no, it, it, that it, is a shade of meaning of manipulation. Right, and I'm not saying it's the full meaning of it. Yeah. But I'm saying the connotation <laughs> of manipulation has the infers that there's something that's not like out in the open. Like, right. the, like the plumber being not right. Right. Being like plumber. Spoke about right. Scorpios, they're all about power and control and manipulation and they're always gonna go through you know, they're 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 gonna go in a way that do it in a way that's hidden. Only now, only because they feel threatened if people know they're right power, and because right? they want the control, right? They because want they the power to right. So like when a mom Scorpio it, energy is like this right. is who I am. I'm here to help right. everyone because it's like I know I have the power. I'm securing that power. I like, still feel like we probably do have to find a different word for manipulate because manipulate to I, me. I mean, how about just yeah. influence? Influence is influence different. Influence is a softer word. Influence. You, right. Listen, if, if you if you're a guy and you're trying to sleep with a woman and and you're a woman trying to sleep with a woman trying to yeah whatever whatever and if you're and if you if you if you lie and pretend that this is going to be a relationship or something like that, you may hurt that other individual at one level or another. Who, at some level, acquisition to the idea of allowing it to happen as well, too. decided yes. to not check in and take you at face value. You got it. Without really seeing if this is just a conversation. So right. I think this idea that you can actually manipulate a woman like that without her at some point making right. the decision to go along Absolutely. with it. And, and then you can also take it as if you have well, good, you take it as a good round of sex, and somebody disappears. When you can, rather than bemoan that person disappears, I mean, you had a good a, hour and a half and get lost, and who cares? And let me not move on. I mean, it just depends on degrees of how you read it. And right. that right. person has level meaning on the experience. Yeah. Right. The person would be like, exactly, take that. I'd the person would be like, oh, poor me, this always happens. Yeah. Right. Or the person would be like, However, well, I don't want you that can to go, but, but you know. Yes, you know, it's always about agreement, right, on right. a higher level. It's or always about agreement. But from the perspective that we're, you know, from my perspective, if I know, if I'm going into a situation, knowing that this person isn't quite self-aware or quite at that same level of understanding of psychological and spiritual, you know, Meaning, like, and I want to go in and try to, you know, try to take advantage of that. That's, yeah. I mean, ultimately, the person agreed to it on some level, but do we really want to work, walk down that path? I mean, so right. We I don't think, want. I mean, one of the critical differences there is you're describing someone acting based on self-interest. Right, and that's the hell with what's going on right. with that person. Right. right. And the other path is you're operating 
from a dedication to that person's interests. Mm. But I, I guess I kind of still have a little issue with that, and we can talk about it because I feel like where do where do we what gives us the right to kind of take that influence that person without them asking? I'll for give it. you an example. Okay. Well, first of all, you added an interesting point without them asking. Right. That's always a key right there. That's now that puts us in a whole different realm right. of coaching uninvited. I mean, I have learned, well, I mean, that's been going on for a long time, but I remember like 15, 20 years ago, it, it, the idea came into the coaching community, which mm-hmm. I, I was part of at the time, is that don't do that. <laughs> Ask permission. Do I have permission to give you an idea or coach? And so that's a really important distinction. So when I said I was going to give you an example, this is an example of where I'm more than I've got more than permission. It's a client. Mm-hmm. I have a client. They've agreed to have a meeting with me. They have a purpose. They want right. me to help them. Right. And so whenever I have a meeting pending, I always go inside myself as a form of meditation. And I dedicate the meeting that's coming up in 15 or 20 minutes, I dedicate it to their greatest life success. And I take that on for myself. And I have found that when I do that, I focus on them, not on me being a big performer, Mm -hmm. uh, creating a miracle for them. And that opens me up to all kinds of impulses from the universe universe to act on whatever is happening in the moment with that client. Because you're pushing your ego aside. And that is... It's not really a manipulation. It's more of I surrender right. to source right. to guide me to manipulate that person in a way that they get their results. I think is fine. That's a manipulation thing. I, I know and I agree with you that, because you tell me I'm doing some By the way, I said manipulate to keep your button pushed. <laughs> what? I said manipulate so I can keep your button, button pushed. <laughs> that manipulation is a concept and used all the time. I think it, I like the idea of trying to reframe it rather than not use it. So we talked about, we talked a couple of times about creativity, right? Every single time we're creating moment by moment, we're manipulating. Just like if you right. put a slab of clay and a sculptor who has a certain skill can manipulate the clay. Right. A painter manipulates the color. A massage therapist will manipulate the
right, to, to you know, benefit ourselves in whatever way we want. But when you bring another person into the mix and you start talking about manipulation, then I think the, the vibe, the, the dynamic changes. Because I think when you talk about manipulation, it's, it's an intentional, I think it's an intention of trying to make something happen, but you have to have the agreement of the other person. So when the person is agreeing to that, then the word manipulate, I think, no longer Fit. And that's my point is I think it does fit. It's just maybe it's the negative, the negative something. Listen, it's a line between persuasion and coercion. Right. Right. Persuasion influence is and ultimately manipulation. a positive thing. Right. Just like manipula- manipulation and influence, I think, right. have the same, it can have the same outcome, right. but, with, but the dynamic is different. But it's just like when I'm thinking about persuasion, like I, I'm thinking about times where either I was like flirting with guys or whatever, and it's like you feel out the person and like on some level they are going along with you or not. And then right. there are some people who are like absolutely not, like I'm not playing this game, I'm right. not into this energy. And the other person feels it and like, okay, this isn't happening here. Like, And then they either find a game that they are playing and go with that one or that game, like it ends. So, like, I think maybe that's the agreement where, you, like, you feel out and you're like, okay, you're getting, right. you're on the same wavelength or doing this. Like, it's the energetic, like, dance rather than the verbal. Because I'm trying to imagine a scenario where there's someone else involved and we're using the word manipulate in a positive sense. And I can't, I can't. <laughs> Your kid doesn't want to eat dinner. And you put the chocolate chips on the pancake to make a smiley face and you're manipulating the situation Absolutely. where they said they don't want to eat. Mm-hmm. But you know, you gotta eat. You haven't eaten in a day and a half already, but you're eating the pancake. You you're gonna manipulate them Absolutely. into doing what you want them to do, even though we could at the same time argue that that kid's body says, I don't want to be eating yeah, right now. Right. And typically as parents will manipulate the kid to do well, what right. And, and that's exactly what I'm yeah. saying is that you Ultimately, when you're manipulating, you're going against somebody else's will, seemingly. I get the big picture where, you know, higher consciousness, everything, you know, nothing can happen without your agreement. But I'm saying from the human perspective, if we're manipulating, it's being done in a way that seemingly is going against the other person's will or without the other person knowing what you're doing. And that, to me, never feels good. It just doesn't. It feels kind of backdoor. You know, yeah, on that basis, um, I'll just ask you a couple questions. One is, what's the worst thing that could happen in a situation like what you're describing? And what would you what would you recommend instead? Then, what are you recommending? Well, it depends on whatever the situation is. I don't know. Why did we get it? <laughs> I, think, I think you were saying that you were seen as a manipulated person growing up, and I'm. I, I don't know where your point was. I lost where your point was because you, you started asking about so what is the, the meaning because, of it. Because it, 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 the point is it brings up, the word manipulation brings up a lot of issue with people yeah, in general. And, and I'm talking about the idea power. that we influence people all the time. Again, we persuade them at one level or another if that's part of our wiring in that sense. And when that comes from a good, positive place, you know that is a that is a that is a good thing. I, Coercion is right, you know again what, when you're talking about flirting, 
and some guy is not receptive and he's not doing it no matter what, and you club him over the head and drag him out <laughs> to the car, you've now moved into coercion, okay, obviously, so in a more extreme. It's like a more force? Yeah, that becomes force as opposed to the, the fluidness of saying I'm trying to persuade and that's where I feel like, not interested. You know, we could talk about semantics, but I think there's definite meaning between the two words of influence and, and persuasion and manipulation and coercion. Right. So I think it just has very different meanings and it has very different intentions. What would you recommend? In terms of, for what? Like, well, you, you were making the point, and I think we absolutely acknowledge that there are people who could take the word wrong. Right. So what would you recommend? Well, I would say influence. It's like okay, we were just, just talking about. You okay. know, I you know, if I if I'm seeing a person who is suffering in some way and they haven't actively asked me to get involved in their healing process, but I some part of me feels driven to, to participate in that, I would you know, I would feel like what my behavior, I would want my behavior to affect them in a way that influences their self-healing without getting in there without being asked. Yeah. Rather than, you know, trying to figure a way to manipulate them into, into healing. You know what I'm saying? But so, here's a wrap-up, because we're going to run out of time soon, that I want to kind of bring up. Right. To lead it back to the, anybody still listening, people listen to our show still. <laughs> Listen, to some extent, you're going to have to persuade, influence, we can run away from the word but manipulate, be, be your, your higher self to change your personal reality, too, at one level or another. Right. Get away from just the idea of affecting other people. Right. I'm talking about even at, at, at an internal level, if you're going to manifest more wealth right. and prosperity in your life, you're going to have to influence and change your thoughts, your beliefs, Absolutely. certain levels of actions to move you in another direction. Again, when, you're, when the battle is... I use the word battle, mm -hmm. but when the, the issue is with the self, listen, whatever I do and create for myself is my own right. relevant thing. That right. has nothing to do with anyone else. If that affects other people in a beneficial I mean, way, absolutely great. Boom. Right. But right. So, so again, it, so I, it I all think comes from our own internal, right? So, what is the what is the behavior that we choose with good intention for ourselves, which hopefully will benefit others, right? So I'm, you know, if I walk around being, you know, compassionate and loving and, you know, of higher thought and, and higher, you know, higher mind, my hope is that people will benefit from it. But I wouldn't want to use that to directly manipulate where they are in life to try and get them to where I am. You understand what I'm saying? Does that make sense? No. Unless they've asked you Unless they to take actually, you there. Right. If they come to me and they say, can you put your hands on me and, you know, do the Reiki and, and the healing and, you know, clear out, blah, 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 boom, you I'm right still, there. Even if they didn't ask you permission or if, you, or if they didn't give you permission, right. you would still always have a positive intention. You've been describing that you'd sure. like to still help them. Right, so but can, I don't think it's my right. You can choose to say things that still might influence them. You might. Sure. I, I, well, don't see you, I don't see you. Even without their. Right. Even without their uh, permission, you want to, would want to say things, but you could call that influence. It's basically, you're just doing what you're doing. Well, and that's all that you can say about it is you're doing what you're doing. Beyond that, he could say, "Oh, that's manipulation. It's a good form. That's orchestration. That's a good form. That is influence. That's good." 
we can have three or four different words around what you're doing, but what you're doing is still just what you're doing. And if it's from a positive intention, well, I can call it manipulation. That, you can say that with any word. But what are we that is absolutely true. Right. That's that's yeah. why not to get hung up on it's semantics. The, all right, so it's the intention. I, just, I feel like might be busting. Are we wrapping up or? Yeah, that's we've done 90 seconds. Right. Oh. Yeah. Go wrap it up. I think we've had like really good conversation right today. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Keep talking. I'm going to go further into it, but it's more than 90 seconds, so I was going to say it. Well, okay. So this is going to wrap up. Wrap <laughs> up in an hour. <laughs> so to finish that thought for our listeners here. Uh, the conversation is going to continue, but we're going to we're going to close it out for for public view, not because there's any secret things going on that you guys can't hear, but I have ever humorously talked about the joke of now the real stuff is coming out. Now, now I'm joke I joke about human attention span. If we make a two hour show, and most people are not going to go through a two hour show unless you have coffee and cake like we do, and that keeps that keeps us fueled. But anyway, but we'll be back again uh, next month, and uh, you can you can catch another show at at that time as well. And what do they want to hear more? And uh, you know, certainly, uh, right? It, you can you can send a, a message if if you've got some questions about this uh, to the to Blog Talk site, and I'll attempt to get to those things as well for anybody. Okay. So thanks for joining us today, guys. Have a great uh, rest of uh, February, and and we'll we'll be here again, and chat with you sometime All the best in March. To you. Cheers.